Hey, welcome to the uh, Joe Carey Show. Well, actually, no. Welcome to a Moving Forward with Young Voices. And uh, I have to tell you, I am so excited. I saw the, uh, the guest list, who's going to be on the, uh, the program today, and the topics. And I, it, it couldn't be more timely. Let me just start with uh, Jacob Rich. Hey, Jacob, thank you for, uh, for being here. Pleasure to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. You know, and uh, Jacob, I've got to tell this story real quick. I was talking to uh, someone, uh, a good friend. She's older, successful, uh, intelligent, runs her own business. And the subject of the Electoral College comes up. And um, she's like, Joe, can you explain this to me? Like, walk me through this because I really don't understand uh, the Electoral College and how it works. Um and that surprised me. It, it, your, one of your areas of focus is the Electoral College. Does it surprise you that there's this level of uh, ambiguity and uncertainty in active adults, active in terms of politics, active in terms of you know, being successful? And she still didn't know how the college worked. Yeah, um, it's completely understandable to me that people aren't quite as informed about the Electoral College as the people who work in the system because it's really not their job to do so, and it's very complicated. People have their own lives to focus on, and when they don't know the intricacies of healthcare and um, Dodd-Frank and banking policy, I think that extends perfectly to the Electoral College. And because the Electoral College more or less usually does represent the popular vote, it really there really isn't too much of an incentive for the lay people to um, get into the weeds about the Electoral College. But now that there is a debate over abolishing the Electoral College, I think it's time to have a conversation about how exactly it works and what the implications would be. I think both the Republicans and the Democrats are um, not correct on what the outcomes would be. And that's something I'd like to discuss with you. Well, that's an interesting take, uh, Jacob, because... Most, uh, I guess, prognosticators or people in the political field, they think that uh, the Electoral College favors the conservative side of the ledger. You're actually making the argument that, no, if we really look at the Electoral College, it benefits Democrats and Republicans. Do I have that right? Um. I, so if you look at specific elections, elections are predicated on the way that the Electoral College exists. So if you get rid of the Electoral College, the entire strategy of both teams changes. So if you didn't have an Electoral College, you probably wouldn't have had a Donald Trump or a George W. Bush in 2000 being the representatives for the Republican Party in the first place, because there's just a whole different way to become president. And the parties are going to make sure they adjust in order to win whatever the game is in front of them. But what I try to bring up is that if you think about how the Electoral College works and who exactly benefits, it actually looks like it disproportionately helps the Democrats. Now, although the Republicans did win a couple times on electoral votes, when the Democrats won the popular votes, that really doesn't have much to do with the popular opinion of the country. And the reason that is, is because there are discouraged voters in the largest states. For example, you got California. There's about 40 million people in California at the moment, and all of those votes always go to the Democrats because it's an all or nothing state. 
And if you look at the election turnout, about 70% of the population votes Democrat and 30% votes Republican. But that's not actually the split of Democrat and Republican voters in California. It's actually much more closer to even. It's somewhere in the 40s where the Republican representation is of actual opinion on who they prefer to be president. They're just not coming out to vote because they know their candidate has no chance. So the moment you get rid of the Electoral College, all that almost half of California comes into play for the Republicans and the largest state with the um, ability to just throw to the side the most dissenting votes, then actually has some grounds to have Republican representation in it. And if you look at all of the largest states, New York, um, Massachusetts is among larger states. I mean, if you look at where the dominance is of the Democrats, it tends to be in the larger states, and they're the ones throwing away the most Republican votes. So yes, it is incumbent on the party that is represented by the largest states to keep the electoral college because it allows them to get rid of the most votes in an all or nothing situation with state turnout. Well, Jacob, let me ask you this and let, let's go back to the, uh, to the beginning here. What is the, when, when the framers sat down and they said, look, we can just have this based purely on, you know, you get the most votes, you win. And they debated that, right? They looked at that option and said, you know what? That's not the best option. That's not uh, the best safeguard for this young republic. And they put together this electoral college. Based on your reading and, and your knowledge, why did they do that? I think they did it because they had a completely different idea of what would be in front of us in terms of an electoral college. So the idea of all or nothing votes going to states, that's not written into the Constitution. And there's actually a few states that don't have all or nothing electorates. I think that's um, New Hampshire and maybe Iowa. Yeah, Maine and Nebraska. Maine and Nebraska. Maine and Nebraska. Thank you for correcting me. Um, Yeah, but if if you look at that, 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 that's actually not written into the Constitution. The whole idea was that the lay people would not have enough time on their hands to do the research to choose who would become president. So it would actually be more reasonable for them to elect someone in their community who could do the research for them. So it would actually be someone you know. You wouldn't be electing the president. You wouldn't be voting for president at all. You would be voting for someone to vote for president for you. But because of the Tenth Amendment and because the Tenth Amendment delegates so many rights to the states, the political parties took charge of the states. And the political parties, Republican and Democrat, in order to squash all third-party challenges, um, in in order to squash those challenges, made it an all-or-nothing situation. Because if not a percentage of the votes are going to go to the third party, then only the two incumbent parties can benefit. So the current system actually reflects nothing that the Founding Fathers had in mind. Well, Jacob, let me ask you this. We have the system we have, and it's, it's an interesting take. I, I see the wisdom of the Electoral College, even in its current state. Um, you know, I, being in Utah, I, I think that, you know, we just hosted the vice presidential debate. If it weren't for the Electoral College, we wouldn't have a vice president, a president, or anyone else stopping by to try to finagle or earn our five electoral votes. And the argument seems to be, you know, if if we really revert back to this popular vote notion, um, you're going to have a handful of states that are going to dictate the outcome for the country. So 
Let me ask you this. Given the system that we have, what are you proposing? What are you suggesting we do? Um, well, I think how I just described wouldn't be the worst idea if we could write it into federal law that the idea that states have all or nothing distribution of electors, I think that's just a weaponization by the Republican and Democratic Party. And if a federal law could go even further to say, you don't even get to vote, choose for president. You get to vote for the person in your community who you think best represents you to vote on your behalf. I I think that would be by far the um, most appropriate way to move forward. But one thing I kind of want to push back on is the idea that Um, a president wouldn't stop in Utah. Now, I think a president would stop in Salt Lake City in all of the population centers of a state, but he would not stop in any of the rural areas. He would only go to where the population centers are, and that would give disproportionate advantage to the cities. So I think that's actually one of the cool things about their electoral college that's completely coincidental. We're at this point to where what drives policy are the swing states, And for better or for worse, you might be able to make the argument that that's the moderate policy. So it's the states that have the um, biggest proclivity to go right or left, the most swingiest of the swingers, um, that's actually dictating the president. And I think that's a good moderating force. And if we went to a popular voting system, you would really be having the population centers, the cities dictating policy. And uh, that's probably not – that's probably – and are there – and Jacob, this is, this is relatively new information to me. Is there any legislation? Or is there any effort? Are we seeing uh, down this road that you're talking about where, hey, you know what? We, maybe we go back to the way it was originally formulated. Are we seeing any efforts in that regard? None. None at all. The only thing that's going on at the moment is trying to preserve the certain system is because uh, Republicans think it advantages them, and it really doesn't. But what else is new? Political parties don't know what's even good for themselves sometimes. No, no. And let me, uh, let me ask you this then. So what do you think is the best way to move forward, given the system that we have, given that the parties still have this – uh, amazing control over uh, how electors are selected and uh, how those uh, votes are divvied up. What is your proposal to start down this road? I mean, like I said, we have uh, Nebraska um, and Maine, where I think it's based on congressional district, right? So uh, if you win that congressional district, uh, the popular vote in that district, that uh, electoral vote goes to you. Is that uh, the direction you think we should be moving, or is that just a, a step in the right direction? 